tonight I want to I want to talk to you about blessed to be tested <laughs> that's almost an oxymoron and blessed to be tested <laughs> Romans 5 is our text tonight and it starts off this way therefore being justified by faith we believe by faith we believe in, in, in our Lord we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into his grace wherein we stand in other words I have a relationship with Jesus because I believe I believe and because I believe I have access also by faith into his grace or his strength wherein we stand and we stand in the strength of him and rejoice in hope of the glory of God and that those two verses are very understandable and not only so but we glory in tribulations also now wait a minute <laughs> We have a relationship with Jesus because we believe and we stand in his strength. And because we stand in his strength, we're able to rejoice in the hope of his glory. But it says we also rejoice in the glory of tribulations also. Now, I, I don't call tribulation something to glory in. Now, I, I, I don't know about you. But it goes on to say, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And these are scriptures that you've heard. And patience, experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. There is a frame of thought that begins here in Romans in the third verse. And it takes a path that we as mature Christians really don't want to go. Because the 21st century Christian is a comfort seeker at the highest level. <laughs> we don't want to suffer or to be made uncomfortable at any level. All I've got to do is let the word get out that the air conditioner is broke and it's not working. And there will be a lot of people to stay home because we don't have any air conditioning. We got to camp meeting on the last night of camp meeting. We froze to death the rest of the time. They, they got there working at the campgrounds now. But, but on Friday night, we got there, and there was no air conditioning. There was probably about, well, I shouldn't say there was no air conditioning. There was probably about a third of the air conditioning that it takes to cool the tabernacle because we lost a transformer, and they couldn't get... Clico couldn't get a new transformer there before the service began. So we wound up going through the service without any air conditioning, and it was probably close to 100 degrees in there, and we were a fanning. There were probably some people that left that night because it was hot. But I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> I remember Brother Merle standing up over here and telling us about Brush Arbor Days. And they didn't even know what an air conditioner was back in those days. They'd go out and they would cut timber 
haul logs all day, and then go to church at night. And they did this seven days a week. And when it was revival time, they went for, for weeks at a time without a, without a service off. And in the American church now, we have, we, we got to give Monday and Tuesday night off at least. Then we'll pick up, if we have a revival, we'll pick it up on Wednesday and go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, probably take Saturday night off, go Sunday, and then take Monday and Tuesday off because we get tired. And I understand that, and I'm not, I'm not being critical of that, but we are comfort seekers at the highest level. We don't want to be made to suffer. Verse 3, though, starts talking about tribulation and how it leads us into Christian maturity. Trials and tribulations brings on patience, and we want patience. But we've been taught not to pray for patience. We don't pray for patience because the Lord will send trials your way and you'll learn patience, you know. But here's the thing. Patience brings on experience, both good and bad. It is a total sum of the both good and bad experiences that equips us for this walk with God and with life. The lessons learned from both good and bad experiences births within, births within us the wisdom for life. But the Apostle Paul goes on to say that experience brings hope. In other words, we have learned something along the way now. Now hope is a good thing. But surely there should be an easier way to have hope or gain hope than having to go through the highs and lows of life's experiences in order to have hope. It just looks like we could just have hope. <laughs> but it don't work that way. My human in intellect tells me that the lessons learned in the school of hard knocks is the best lessons learned. And it seems like that's what it takes for us as humans to learn something. So experience has its benefit, just as the pain of tribulation benefits our spiritual maturity. None of us want to embrace pain, but we truly are blessed to be tested. We truly are. If we're not tested, we will never know the satisfaction of perseverance. If we're not tested, we'll never know the joy and satisfaction of victory. But more importantly, if we're not tested, we will not grow. And that one right there, I should have highlighted in yellow. Because if we're not tested, we won't grow. I want to read to you one of my devotional readings from a while back based upon Romans 5, 1 through 5. Now, this is from a very old uh, devotional, so it's written more in an old English style. So <clears throat> just I'll read slow, and that way we can, we can digest it together. And it says this. This is uh, talking about Romans 1, 5, 1 through 5. It says, this is a promise in essence, if not in form. We have need of patience, and here we see the way of getting it. 
It is only by enduring that we learn to endure. Even as by swimming, men learn to swim. You could not learn that art on dry land, nor learn patience without trouble. Is it not worthwhile to suffer tribulation for the sake of gaining that beautiful balance of mind which quietly accepts in all the will of God? I mean, I love that. Is it not worth is it not worthwhile to suffer tribulation just in order to gain that beautiful balance of mind which quick, which quietly accepts the will of God in our life? Yet our text sets forth a singular fact which is not according to nature, but is supernatural. Tribulation in and of itself worketh petulance, unbelief, and rebellion. It is only by the sacred transforming power of grace that it is made to work in us patience. We do not thresh the wheat to lay the dust, yet the flail of tribulation does this upon God's floor. We do not toss a man about in order to give him rest, and yet so the Lord dealeth with his children. Truly this is not the manner of man, but greatly blesses and enhances our lives to the glory of our all-wise God. You know, anything worthwhile and benefiting comes with a struggle. It does. All right, there's a little more, and I'll read it in just a second, but but I was talking to Donna about it Monday, I think it was, whenever I was putting all this together. And I was thinking about things that, you know, you, you think about the, the butterfly, the cocoon, the, and, and the struggle that goes on there to make the butterfly. And I thought about birth. And so I just, I just went, you know, I... I I, I thought this. I said, what, what happens to send a woman into labor? And so I typed it into Google, and it sent me to John Hopkins, the medical team, the, the medical Science, whatever they whatever they do, hospital and and all this stuff, and it started going through all these things that that happens in labor and all this. But the one thing they said that amazed me was that medical science still does not know what triggers labor in a woman. Now, they there's a lot of hypotheses out there. There's they, they believe that there's some that says that the, that the fetus will trigger something from the lungs, I think it is, that puts a hormone in there that sends the woman into labor. And, and then there is another one that there's something in the lady that, that triggers. and it, Still, it's the struggle. It's the struggle, and, and, 
and scripture even talks about this. But a woman travails in pain and gives birth. But the moment that baby is laid upon her chest, it was almost, it's as if it was worth all the pain. Everything is, is second. So anything worthwhile and benefiting comes to us with a struggle. That's why I'm talking about being blessed to be tested. The devotion goes on, one more paragraph. It says, oh, for grace to let my trials bless me. Why should I wish to stay their gracious operation? Lord, I ask thee to remove my affliction, but I beseech thee ten times more to remove my impatience. Precious Lord Jesus, with thy cross engrave the image of thy patience on my heart. As I said a few minutes ago, we desire comfort at all levels, even in our relationship with God. In fact, we desire and seek comfort and self and self-will even and many times unknowingly at the expense of our relationship with God. We want to have a relationship with God, that's natural. But there is also a part of us that resists doing what it takes to have that relationship at its highest level or at an upper level. I don't think we'll ever gain the level there will always be another level. I don't care how close to God you get, there will always be another level you can go. But that's the reason that trials come into our lives and make us stop and realize what is really important in everyday life. I've told this before, but I remember walking through a major trial in my life and I was praying to God to deliver me out of that trial. I remember, remember it very, very clearly. And I, as I was praying, deliver me from this situation that I'm in, I remember remembering that our trials come to make us stronger. And I was quickly convicted. And I changed my prayer from deliver me to God, let me learn what I've got to learn in this trial. Because I def definitely don't want to come back here and have to go through this again. So don't deliver me until I have learned the lesson in my trial. And then you can deliver me. I preach a message, don't miss the blessing in this trial. I also taught a Bible lesson on God is not opposed to suffering. God uses difficulties to teach us godly responses to life situations and to show us brief glimpses into who he really is. Our response to a trial can greatly determine the outcome of the situation. So let me, let me explain to you what I mean by that. When the pain or, of a trial or a tribulation begins or the difficulty start, starts, we will respond in a multitude of ways. I think I've got four here listed. The first one, for some, the, their response to struggle or trouble is they'll throw their hands up and go to pieces, all is lost. Uh, you know people like that. The first sign of, of something going wrong and their, their hands, you know, it's like, oh, you know, it's all lost. Everything, you know, it's over with. Oh, woe is me, I guess you would say. Of all the responses we could have, this would probably be the most inappropriate 
response for a child of God. I mean, after all, we do have a God that loves us, and we do have a God that takes care of us, and we do have a God that will deliver us and see us through every situation. How dare us to ever throw our hands up hopelessly and say, all is lost. Nothing is lost until he says. And then if it's lost, it's a good thing that it's lost because everything he does, he does for our good. The second thing that that comes to mind when trials hit us is we can stomp our feet and say, by faith, I will not receive this report. You've been there, I've been there. And on the surface, this seems to be a good response for a child of God. But after all, it is... (laughs) It is a declaration of faith. I'm not going to receive this trial. I'm not going to receive this. I just refuse. By faith, I'm refusing that. But what if this trial is sent by God? Because you do realize that there are trials that are sent by God. God does send trials our way. A simple declaration of faith is not going to get me out of this situation that I may be in. He must have something he is trying to teach me. He will not deliver me until I have learned my lesson. He's not going to deliver us until we have learned our lesson. In fact, not receiving the report can almost border border on rebellion. Denial is not an attitude of faith. Understanding and trust is the proper response of a child of God in any situation. Now the third thing that we do when we face trials is we turn our faces to the wall and confess our fear and humanity and plead his mercy with full confession of our faith in his ability. Then with full acceptance, we walk forward into the battle knowing he is in control and we can trust him. Now this is how a mature Christian should respond in life's trials and tribulations. There's nothing wrong with confessing there's nothing wrong with confessing our humanity and fear to him. Whenever you're faced with, with, with a major trial or a tribulation in life, uh, it could be a doctor's report, it could be a marital situation, it could be something with your children, it could even be a life or death situation. To go stick your head in the sand, to be the proverbial ostrich with your head stuck in the sand, thinking if I... If I don't know about it, well, then it's not going to affect me. It's not going to change things. I've got to trust God in every situation. I don't know why, but it seems like my Bible studies on Wednesday night through the month of July and even now, all of them are coming back to the same central theme of trusting God. I don't know if God is preparing the church. I don't know, I don't know what God's doing, but, but God is trying to get our hearts and our minds to a place that regardless of what's going on, he's still God. And instead of us having a head knowledge of that, he's wanting us to have a heart knowledge of that. And what I mean by that is, is we're not the, that proverbial person that throws their hands up when opposition hits and we... we Everything's lost. To to meet God the word I'm looking 
far. To meet God on the level of absolute trust in what he will do for us and how he will carry us through the trial is, a, is, is still, I guess, in many ways a mystery because human nature resists struggle. Human nature resist anything to do with pain. There's a, there's a passage in Scripture, Isaiah 38, where Isaiah comes to, to Hezekiah, and this is what it says. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death, and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amoz, went to him and said, this is what the Lord says, put, put your house in order because you're going to die. You will not recover. Now that's a trial. That's trouble. That's trouble at its highest level. I mean, when God says, that's one thing for the doctor to say, but when God says, you're not going to recover, you're going to die. Because Isaiah is speaking for God. The word says Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed. Remember, O Lord. <laughs> I love this. And there's nothing wrong with this. Remember, O Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. word of the Lord came to Isaiah he says go tell Hezekiah this is what the Lord the God of your father David says I have heard your prayer and have seen your tears I will add 15 years to your life herein lies my message tonight God does not expect us to be super spiritual beings but he does want us to trust him in every situation When will we get out of the habit of solving or trying to solve all of our problems? No matter what they are, we start looking for a way to solve them. But herein is Hezekiah turning his face to the wall, reminding God, I've served you faithfully. but he was trusting God. He was trusting God. Even the Lord himself prayed, let this cup pass from me. I mean, the prayer of Hezekiah does not surprise me because the Lord himself said, let this cup pass from me. But will my trial destroy me along with my faith in God or will I pray, nevertheless, thy will be done? That's, that's the point I'm trying to make tonight. Whatever you're going through, is it going to destroy your trust in God? Or will you at some point rise up in the midst of this trial or situation that you're going through or will go through because if you're not going through something right now, hang on, something's coming. 
But at some point, we got to say, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. I pray about the situation in America all the time. And I do understand 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people, which are called by my name, and there's enough of his people called by his name that are praying that, that prayer. That I have looked around me and I said, nevertheless, I trust what you're doing. Just because you haven't healed the land yet doesn't mean that you're still not God. You're still God. And I don't, and, and I don't, under, I don't have to understand why things haven't haven't corrected and why there's not great revival in the United States. I, I don't have to understand that right now. But I can see a handwriting on the wall that says something is about to happen. Here's the thing. That thing that is about to happen, I don't know if it's going to be good for us or bad for us. But I'm going to trust him regardless of which way it goes. Hezekiah confessed his humanity and basically told the Lord, I'm in the prime of my life. I don't want to die. We must face life's difficulties head on, coupled with our faith and trust in God and not be afraid to let him know what our desire is for the trial. Hezekiah said, I want to live. And it's okay for you to say, this is what I want to do. Or this is what I want to see happen. However, I trust you with what you do. That's what's important. However, I trust you with what you do. Hezekiah was not weeping in doubt. He knew who the giver of life was. And he simply let his request be known. Now, I believe listening to the tone of Hezekiah's confession to God... If God had not granted him 15 more years, Hezekiah would not have turned his back on God. He still would have trusted in the Lord. He would have. After Jesus' temptation in the wilderness, the scripture says, then angels ministered to him. But remember what happened. That chapter began with Jesus was led of the Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus was led up. In other words, the devil wasn't picking on Jesus. Jesus was led there for the devil to, to, to pick on him and to bombard him. But after the temptation, after, after Jesus answered using the word of God in all three points of temptation, it says angels then came minister in other words eventually there's an answer there is an answer fourth and last way that we usually respond to troubles and trials is by faith and trust we continue on with life as if nothing is wrong and we leave all the details to the Lord the individual who responds in this manner is a very mature and well-balanced Christian not many can testify to this kind of faith that just automatically, regardless of what's going on, I'm just going on with the Lord. I'm just going to trust Him. It's hard to receive a bad report and not let it affect you. But because we know who He is and what He can do, whatever should come our way should not affect our faith or your walk with God. 
doesn't matter. Of all the responses, this response is probably the most desirable. It exemplifies what Paul wrote, and I'm not going to quote that scripture again because you know what it is, whether I live, I live unto the Lord. And, but that's just the way it is. I am the Lord's. Somewhere that has to become part of our DNA. Doesn't matter what, what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what the bank says. It doesn't matter what the government is doing. We are still the Lord's. And if, and if I'm not mistaken, it says that this world is not my home. I'm simply passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. So I'm not, this is not as good as it gets regardless of what happens in mine or your life. This is not as good as it gets. Listen to how the psalmist sums up our Bible study tonight. Psalm 61. He says, hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. There's going to be times that's going to happen. I don't care how good a Christian you are. I don't care how wonderful, how much faith you have. You are still a human being. And there are going to come times you are going to be overwhelmed. But whenever I'm overwhelmed, the psalmist said, because he is acknowledging I will be overwhelmed from time to time. So when that happens, lead me to a rock that is higher than I am. I know it's there. I know it's there. I know he's there. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings, Selah. For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. Thou will prolong the king's life and his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. O prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. So will I sing praise unto thy name forever that I may daily perform my vows. The whole purpose of my trial is to lead me to the rock that is higher than myself. Our faith, trust in God, must be built on the solid rock of our God's ability. No matter what life brings to us, we know he's able. Please, that's probably one of the most important statements all night long. If you didn't hear anything else, hear that one. No matter what life brings us, we know that God is able. We know that. Let your trials bless you and enlarge your borders with the possibilities in Christ. Okay, I, and, and, and as I'm closing, I hear this question that's pounding someone's mind. How do I know if a trial is sent from the Lord or is just a result of life? What should my response be in each case? You know, it's, it, 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 that, that's a very good question, and it's hard to know which trials come from the Lord and which ones are just a result of life. But it's not, it's, it's not rocket science that we're dealing with here. Um, your response should be the same in either one. Whether it's, God sent trial or a life trial, your response should be the same. I'm going to face this difficulty with absolute trust in God, and I'm going to lay it in his hands 
and allow him to deal with it. There's an old song we used to sing, bring all your needs to the altar. Bring all your needs to the Lord. He is faithful and willing and able to help you bring all your needs to the Lord. That's the, there was no truer words ever spoken. Whether they were self-imposed, whether they were life's difficulties, or whether it was something the Lord sent your way, trust him through it all. And I close with this, this little, when I was a teenager, I was going through some things, and, and, and I asked my dad, I said, why? Why will God not hear my prayer and deliver me? Daddy made the statement. He says, son, God didn't get you in this mess. You got yourself in this mess. Now, God will, he's not going to just get you out of it. You're going to learn your lesson. He said, but what he is going to do is he's going to give you strength to endure the test until you are out of it, and he will help you through it. No, no truer words were ever spoken. I mean, and, and, and really, it was, it was financial stuff. I turned 18, and everybody wanted to give me a credit card, and I was glad to accept. And um, I'd had charge accounts at Kaplan's and Men's Store and, and Weiss and Gold Ring since I was about 17, and I think that's even against the law. I, now, I'm not even sure. But, you know, uh, they told me I had a $5,000 limit. Well, I figured I could hit that by, by dark, you know. And uh, there were just some things I needed to learn, okay? And uh, so once I realized there was more bills than there was money, and Daddy would, Daddy, you know, son, you, you got to trust God. You got to pray about it. Well, why won't he deliver me? In other words, why is there not a check in the mail? Why doesn't, why doesn't God bring money from somewhere? No. Son, you got yourself in this mess. Now, God's going to help you. And for those self-imposed things that we have done to ourselves, don't look for him to just deliver you out of it. It's a message that you created. However, even in those, he will give you the wisdom and he'll give you the understanding and he will give you the ability to get through them. But when life's problems hit you or if a, if, if a situation is sent by God to make you stronger, whenever that happens, well, and really in all three situations, as you walk, walk in trust that he is your God He's faithful, and he's going to deliver you. Without fear, let God show us who he really is and what he really can do. We're blessed to be tested tonight. I, I'm personally thankful that he finds me worthy of testing. Does that make sense? That it makes us worth, that we're worthy to be tested because he sees something in us that he wants to shape and he wants to mold and he wants to fix. So I give God thanks for that. Would you stand with me? Would you lift your hands with me all over the house? Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, 
We give you thanks and we give you praise for your love and for your goodness. Thank you for this opportunity to to share your word tonight. Thank you that you've allowed us to understand that we're blessed in our temptations and in our trials. We are blessed and we are that we are there are things there for us to learn that to carry us through. And I thank you for those lessons that we learn daily from you. And I give you praise for it. Now I ask your blessings upon Sister Kathy, upon the Harris family. I pray that your strength would be with them, that you would undergird them in this time. I pray for the strength of the Holy Ghost to be upon this family. Bless the, the ministry of the, of the sanctuary of praise as they minister to this family on Friday. I pray your anointing upon them to give them hope and to give them strength through this very troubling time. I bless the name of the Lord. And I give you praise tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you for being here tonight.